Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Seems Like Diet Culture podcast, or welcome if you are new here. So happy to have you. My name is Mallory Page. I am a registered dietitian, and I am also the host of this podcast, which is the place to come to get your wellness, nutrition, exercise, and recovery questions answered in a non-diet way. My whole goal is that you feel like you can listen to this podcast and then make an educated decision on how you want to involve something in your life, where you're at on a topic, or whatever else it is that we may be going over in this podcast. This week, I'm really excited about the topic. I actually came up with the idea, or you guys helped me to come up with the idea, really, based off of a Q&A I did on Instagram. My Instagram is always linked in the show notes if you want to check it out, but I was just doing a general Q&A last week and someone sent in this question and the exact question was phrased as this. Is it a binge or is it recovering from restrictions? First of all, I loved how this was put together, the question itself, but then I thought, wow, we need to talk about this topic and I threw it up on my Instagram with some of my thoughts and then also put a poll on if you guys wanted it and I don't think I've ever seen such a polarizing poll answer. It was like 300 people, yes, zero, no. So that gave me the sign that the topic of this week was going to be the one that I just mentioned. (laughs) Sometimes I start with a sentence and then where it goes is not where I expected it. It's exactly like that TikTok. It's like, I don't know what I'm talking about. I never have and I never will. And I'm pretty sure it's Theo Vaughn talking. Now back to the topic. I really want this to be something that you can listen to and you're going to hear about binge eating, overeating, and then recovering from restriction. You're going to hear about the differences between the two or the three, I mean, how you would put yourself into a category and then how you would work on that depending on which category you feel like you're in. So I want it to be, of course, not prescriptive because as always, This is not in any way me telling you to do these things. It is not a diagnosis. It is just suggestions to think about. And especially when it comes to binge eating, I want to make it very clear that binge eating is a diagnosis that you can get. So by saying that you resonate with the binge eating category does not mean that you have a binge eating diagnosis. I'm not allowed to diagnose you. And also any of these suggestions that I give on how to work through this are just that. Suggestions that I have seen work for clients that I've had, but I don't know your full situation or story. And if you are wanting me to give you kind of an analysis on where you're at and talk more about this, my program Live Unrestricted, which works on these issues that we're talking about in this podcast, can give you that. I You can apply. There's a free consult, all that good stuff. So I'm going to try to keep this one short and sweet. Some of the science and explanation behind it is already in other podcasts, such as the Dealing with Extreme Hunger podcast, and then even just generally talking about food rules and restrictions, this type of stuff comes up. If you want more of that type of podcast, always let me know. I'm very happy to do one like that, but I wanted this one to just be something that was easy to get through and hopefully very applicable for you. Before we get into that, I do have one very quick announcement. I have mentioned this slightly, but I've been building out a practitioner program that is for people that want to learn about a non-diet approach, body neutrality, and overall how to feel confident working with clients or communicating with other professionals and their approach around food and exercise and body image. And it has finally released. I'm doing consults all of this week and spots are filling so quickly, which is amazing. But 
it's been so shocking as well that they've been going so quickly. I shouldn't say shocking. It's just, it's always nerve-wracking launching something new, and the response has been more than I ever could have dreamed of. That being said, if you're interested at all in it, I do imagine that spots will fill very, very quickly. So I'm going to leave the link down below for that program. And if you want to check out that information page and apply, book a free consult with me, I would love to get to chat with you. Now, let's get into the topic. We're going to first go over binge eating, then overeating, then recovering from restriction. So think about these categories and how they may apply to you. So what we hear about the most is binge eating, right? And honestly, I don't love the way that binge eating is communicated about in the media and even in some more traditional nutrition and dietetics approaches because I don't really think that they're addressing the full picture. They're looking at one action and saying, okay, this is binge eating, right? Now, of course, I am not trying to invalidate anybody that has this type of diagnosis in the slightest. Whatever resonates with you and whatever your healthcare providers and team are finding to be the case for you, I totally understand. I'm just stating that I think there are real shortcomings to the way that we try to address binge eating. And that could be a whole different podcast in itself because a lot of the methodologies used are not only not successful oftentimes, but they can be very frustrating for the client. But I wanted to give my thoughts on when I see someone that is actually dealing with binge eating without other reasons as to why the binge eating has happened, this is typically what I see. So to give the more definition sense of what it looks like. This is happening when someone is adjusting large amounts of food, often tons of different foods at once or large amounts of a certain food. And in those moments, they're feeling pretty much completely out of control. Now, the amount of time that this is happening or the frequency of which this is happening is going to be different for every person. If you were to look up the actual diagnosis criteria, there are certain numbers and amount of times. I just don't think that's super important for us to discuss in this podcast, but you can totally look into what those may be if that's something that you want to explore. But what I've seen is that it could be as frequent as every day, or it could be once a week, or even once every few weeks. And especially if you're in the, if you're in the recovery process through binge eating, we're imagining that that frequency may decrease, so it's going to kind of depend. That lack of control, though, and feeling completely out of control once you start is a really important piece of it, in my opinion. So the second thing that I think is really important is that when I have a client that comes to me and I think to myself, oh yeah, this is this is true binge eating. You know, this is this is not recovery from restrictions or overeating. What I'm able to note is that there's not a lot of factors from earlier in their day, week, month, whatever it may be, but especially within the day and week that are causing this binge. So we'll get more into this in the recovery from restrictions part. But the reason why I note this is because if someone comes to me and, you know, they're eating all of their cravings, they're eating multiple times a day, you know, they're not skipping meals, they're hitting all the boxes that they're supposed to be hitting, and yet they're still caught in this binging cycle, this is where I have that kind of, like, red light sign in my head of, like, okay, yeah, this this is binge eating. There's a bigger issue going on here that we're dealing with that is not just recovering from restriction or overeating. 
because that's a huge piece that I'm looking for. A lot of the time, these people that are coming to me dealing with this type of binge eating, what I would say is that true binge eating, they have been to so many different types of people to try to get help, and now that they're at this point, no one knows how else to help them, and yet they're still stuck in it. Or people are trying to help them by adding in new restrictions, and they're recognizing that's not the right way to go. Now, the third thing is, is that most of the tie in these cases is habitual and emotional. So, most of the people that I see that are in this space where they're binge eating, it is a coping mechanism that they've built up over time to deal with emotions. It may be dissociative. It may be something that they're utilizing when they're feeling a certain type of emotion, happy, sad, angry, or they're triggered by a specific event. And that event is what sends them into this type of response. And in the habitual sense, they may find themselves doing this often without any specific reasoning to it, just because it's the pattern that they feel that they're in. And as many of us can understand, if you think about a pattern that you're truly, truly stuck in, right, one that you find yourself doing over and over and over again, that's very different than when you find yourself doing something every now and again that's not helpful to you. Those are two different things, right? And the last thing is, no matter what you do physically to change it, you still feel stuck in the cycle. So this kind of connects to the other two points, but as I've mentioned, many women or people that have come to me that are dealing with this specific type of struggle with, with binge eating, they have either done the physical changes or tried them or we've started to do them, right? And it's still not making a difference. And they still feel stuck in that same habituation and in that same emotional coping mechanism space. So that is what personally, for me, I would consider true binge eating. And I have a different way that I respond to this client than I do one that's recovering for restrictions. And I do understand that the way that I'm describing binge eating may be different than what you've seen before and what you would see online or maybe what a doctor has described to you. And again, I want to emphasize the fact that I am not disputing that. I personally have found as someone that has worked with people that have been truly stuck in this type of pattern versus someone that is stuck in reacting to restrictions, that the way that we should deal with these are very different. And I'm hoping to start to change the conversation around this because I think it's important and I feel like it's going to really help with treatment. So I just wanted to explain that one more time. Now let's go into overeating next. So the first thing to note, every single person in the entire world at some point in their life is going to overeat, okay? It may be every now and again. It may be you've done it once. I don't know. Everyone is different when it comes to overeating, right? But everyone's going to do this. What this could be is you just feel a little bit more full than what's comfortable, you know? Oh my gosh, my pants are tired. Wow, I feel super full from that meal. More than you typically would. And this could typically... Wow, how many times did I say typically? Typically. This could happen from not realizing you were already full, 
when you kept eating. So maybe you were super stressed that day and so you ate more or you got way too hungry. And so then when you went to eat, you pushed it past your fullness. You could have been in a meal really engrossed in conversation and just not noticed how full you were. You could have been grazing at a party and just had multiple different things and then realize all of a sudden that you were really full. You could just really have enjoyed that meal. I mean, I cannot tell you how many times there's been a meal over my life that was just so good that I wanted to take a few extra bites because I was just so engrossed in love with this meal. And all of those things are normal things that happen. Now, we don't want these to be happening all the time, because that would start to push us into one of the other categories or there'd be something bigger to look at here, but it's definitely something that will happen. Another thing that comes up from overeating is that you shouldn't have a ton of guilt or shame after this event. For most people that are just overeating, they can easily contextualize the fact that it was one meal or why they did it or they just take it as a data point rather than something that is a huge piece of their worth or means that they did something wrong and they are able to do this and then move on. So they're not typically changing how the rest of their day looks or totally uprooting the typical meal schedule the next day or over-exercising to make up for it. They just had a meal that they overate. So let's compare these two things to recovering from restrictions. I want to first say there is a lot of stuff that can fit into this category, and I do discuss this a little bit more in the extreme hunger episode that I have. I can link that down below in the show notes. So you can check that one out if you resonate with some of this topic, but I can also do another episode on this at a certain point if you guys are interested in it. So some of the things that could be involved in this. Eating more food than what you're comfortable with. This could be mental or physical. So you could eat more food than you're comfortable with and that makes you feel more full than you're used to. And because you're not used to feeling that full, this makes you feel stressed out And you may think, oh, this is a binge. Same thing with mentally. You could mentally think, oh, this looks like too much food. I think this is too much food. Or you think this type of food is not something that you should eat. And because of that, after you do it, you feel like, oh my gosh, I was binging because you were eating this amount or this thing. But something important to note here is that in reality, most of this is coming from the fact that you have these pre-existing mindsets. You believe that this is too much food when you look at it, or this is a food that you shouldn't be eating, or you're out of control if you have two or three cookies instead of one cookie, right? Those are just examples. Now, number two, you can be still feeling out of control. And oftentimes that is involved in this. Not always, but it can be. So just because you're feeling out of control doesn't automatically mean it's binge eating. Oftentimes, you'll feel like you're eating something that you shouldn't be, as I was saying earlier, and so that makes you feel out of control. Maybe once you start eating these foods that you haven't in the past, then you feel like you can't stop eating them. For example, you're out to dinner or you have something in the house that you never have in the house. You feel like you can't stop thinking about it. It makes you feel out of control. You continue to want to eat it. But this can also be eating a bunch of quote-unquote safe foods all at once. So 
you are someone that has a lot of food rules around what you can eat and you find yourself eating a ton of that food all at once, you know, and feeling like, oh my gosh, why did I eat so much of that food? It could be eating a bunch of random foods at once. It could be that you go into a meal and you feel like you shouldn't be eating after a meal and yet you still find yourself wanting to graze. It could be at night that you find yourself reaching for a lot of different things. It could be that you make a batch of cookies and you end up eating half the dough and eight of the cookies while you're making them because you don't usually make yourself cookies. There are so many things that fall into this category, but the important thing is that number two, it is always preceded by periods of restriction. And before you say, oh, no, no, I don't restrict, this includes mental, mental, wow, mental, mental, physical, and emotional. This is extremely, extremely important that you understand this. Most people, when they hear the word restriction, they think, no, no, I don't cut out the amount of foods I eat. I don't skip meals. I don't eat less than I'm supposed to. I don't do X, Y, and Z that you may have associated with your idea of what restriction is. But that's not the only way that you restrict. So first, let's go over the physical ones. Skipping meals and snacks, not eating enough, cutting down on things in your meals, using replacement foods that don't have enough nutrition to them to really sustain you, etc., etc. That's the one that most of us know. And most people, and even a lot of practitioners, when they look at what someone may be doing that's causing what their client is probably presenting as with quote-unquote binge eating that may be self-diagnosed, they are just looking at the physical. And if they say, oh, okay, well, you're eating enough, so I don't know what's happening, right? We may need to do X, Y, and Z or try to restrict in this way. They're completely missing the point. Because number two, sorry, I just hit my headphones because I'm getting so passionate with holding up my <laughs> my numbers with my fingers. I wish you guys could see this. I need to record it sometime. Okay, but the next thing is mental. This is only allowing yourself or very often telling yourself that certain foods are bad or good. Honestly, it's not even very often. It's just having the good and bad food mindset. The I can eat this during the weekend and I can eat this during the weekday. Cheat day mindset. Um, Only eating certain ingredients. Only eating at certain times. Only having certain amounts at certain meals. Restricting the number of meals that you have in a day to a certain amount. Only allowing yourself to have dessert after dinner, only accepting carbs at certain meals of the day, choosing to have foods that have replacement ingredients that aren't really that satisfying to you, only choosing healthy options, quote unquote, all the time. There, I literally could go down a laundry list. I mean, we could, I'm not even kidding. I could make an entire podcast on every single thing that is mental restriction. When I was struggling with my eating disorder, if you're familiar with my story, which there's podcasts all the way back to the beginning that talk about my journey, I was completely a mental restrictor. It was actually pretty rare that I was doing physical restriction. It was almost entirely that I was doing mental restriction. And I'm not trying to burst the bubble, but I know physical restriction, we often think about with calorie counting, macro counting, that type of stuff. But as we know, just because you're counting calories or counting macros, yeah, you're not always under eating, right? But 99% of the time, restricting or 99% of the time, calorie counting and macro counting, it, it is mental restriction. I'm not saying that's true for everybody, 
But for those of you listening to this podcast, I can guarantee that most of you are feeling that way, okay? So then, last but not least, we have emotional. So emotional is where we start to really tie into more of the binge eating conversation, but there are still ways that emotionally we can be recovering from restrictions and not binge eating. And I know this one's a little more complex, so I'm going to try to simplify it. So oftentimes when we are recovering from struggles with food, exercise, body image, and eating disorder, we are using food in some way as a coping mechanism. Now we could be using that as something that we essentially avoid food when we're feeling emotional and that helps us to control it, or we can be using food, eating food, eating certain types of foods when we're feeling emotional or down, and that's helping us to deal with or suppress our emotions. So when we are going through this journey of recovery, or maybe even when you're not in recovery, but you're just dealing with these type of restrictions, there may be times where you feel like you have this, what I would like to call the break or the breakdown. There's a better word that I was searching for with this. And it's where you're so strict, you're so strict, you're so strict, you're so strict. You feel like you emotionally can no longer keep up that strictness. And then you have this day where you eat everything, you feel all these emotions, you feel down, you feel happy, you feel depressed, you feel anxious, you feel stressed. And all of these emotions are circulating at once. And you're using food in some type of way whether it be full-on restriction in that day or full-on just indulgent in all of these different types of things that you don't typically have to work through emotions that you have not been dealing with. Now, what I will say is that all of these can lead to binging habituation, but emotional uh, suppression and just dealing with foods through emotions and recovering is the biggest thing that I see lead itself into the type of binge eating that I was describing in the first column. So the other two things to keep in mind when it comes to recovering from restrictions is this can feel out of control, but doesn't often feel quite as out of control as binge eating. That's an important point. I know I hit on it a little bit earlier, but oftentimes I'll have a client that tells me, oh my gosh, I just can't stop binging on this banana bread that I made over the weekend. Every time I see it, I want another slice. That's not binging. That's restriction. You know, you haven't given yourself banana bread. It's in the house. You feel out of control that you want to eat it, but you're not sitting there having one session where you feel like everything is kind of blurred out and you're eating all the banana bread and then eating something else and you're totally out of control, right? So that's an example. The same thing could be said of a lot of different scenarios, but the same thing like maybe going out to eat, right? Oh my gosh, I just couldn't stop eating the chips. Just because you feel out of control around the chips doesn't mean it's a binge eating session, in my opinion. So another thing, you could eat multiple foods at once in a sitting, or it could just be that you ate a food that you're not used to eating. I touched on this again a little bit earlier. I cannot tell you though how many clients come to me and say, oh my gosh, I binged last night. I'm like, okay, what happened? Well, I ate chocolate. Okay. What else? How did you feel? You know, what was going on? Well, I just, I just felt like I really wanted the chocolate. And so I ate it and then I had four squares of it. And I typically only have one square of it. And I just felt like I couldn't stop myself from eating it. And I wanted it so badly. That's not, in my opinion, 
we're not going into binging territory. You're allowing yourself to have something that you don't typically have in an amount that you don't typically have it. Maybe it made you a little more full than usual. Maybe you're just mentally uncomfortable. That's a different story though. So just keep in mind that those are some of the things that are contributing to the recovering with restrictions. And last but not least, you could be dealing with extreme hunger in this phase. This is a huge piece of recovering from restriction. This isn't a part of everybody's journey, but a lot of people experience it to an extent. This could be extreme physical hunger, but this can also be extreme mental hunger, and they are different. So, Extreme mental hunger may be that you continue to want to have specific types of foods that you don't typically have or eat at times that you wouldn't usually, and you kind of just have all of these mental thoughts that are going on around foods that break your food rules. Physical hunger, extreme hunger, I should say, is where you're just absolutely insatiable physically. You feel like you could eat absolutely everything and it still wouldn't be enough, And this is a part of a scientific reason. There's a scientific reason as to why extreme hunger happens that you can hear in that podcast that I've mentioned before. You could also be dealing with suppressed hunger cues. And that's almost the opposite of extreme hunger. But those suppressed hunger cues, sorry, are making you feel as if every time you eat to what I would call a normal amount of fullness, so let's say we have a hunger fullness scale, right? And that scale goes from zero to 10. 10 is being absolutely stuffed miserable. Zero is being physically ravenous, literally starving, right? And let's say that you are used to eating from, you start eating at a two where you are extremely hungry. You are past normal physical sensation for hunger. It's your body screaming at you. And then you eat until a four, which is not even fully satisfied. It's not even hitting the mark of really nourishing yourself in how you need, but you feel that that is normal to eat to that point and you associate that with fullness. So then when we say, hey, we got to eat to a six or a seven, which is actual true satisfaction, you think to yourself, oh my gosh, well, that's way too much and I feel so overly stuffed and so uncomfortable, right? But that's just because you're not used to it because you don't have those accurate hunger and fullness cues. They've been suppressed and so your indicators are off. And oftentimes there can be a physical sensation to this, especially for those of you that may struggle with some sensory challenges where you physically feel super uncomfortable having a change. You could see something like this for someone that has OCD, autism, sensory just challenges, right, where they expect to have that same type of physical feeling, and this is changing that, and so it's very disruptive for that person. So now that we've gone through all of that, I wish so badly that I could be around all of you guys to hear where you feel like you fit after we go through that. I'm taking a sip of my tea. I have a lot of consults today for LUP, and I'm drowning myself in throat coat tea because I was sick a few days ago. Luckily, I've recovered. Boom, boom. I haven't been sick in so long and it got me, but it was quick. So I'm dying to know where you feel like you resonate or what you resonate with so far, but now we're going to go into recommendations and this is super, super important to match the recommendations with where you truly feel like you fall. And of course, I'm not saying that there can't be any overlap between these things, 
but I do find that following it in this way is going to lead to much better trajectories in how you get to a place of feeling better with food, exercise, body image, and no longer binging or no longer dealing with the repercussions of past restriction. So when it comes to binging, if you truly think, you know what, Mallory, yeah, I resonate, I didn't resonate with those recovering from restrictions pieces or very few of them, or I'm really far along and working through those things, like really far along. It's so rare that I'm falling back into that. And yet I'm dealing with this binging all the time. It's so frustrating for me. I feel like I've come so far. I can't break out of the cycle. Then the first thing that you have to do is evaluate where it's coming from. In my opinion... In this stage, it would be critical to work with a therapist that truly, truly gets this, really gets it, and then also a dietitian that really gets this because this is a really hard thing to work through. Now, don't let that discourage you. It's 100% possible, but the steps are less actionable than when we go to overeating or recovering from restriction. So you need to work with someone to for sure make sure make, I was going to say to for sure make sure, to 100% make sure of the fact that you have no residual physical or mental restrictions that are going on. Now, I know that we're not going to be quote-unquote perfect people. There's no such thing as a perfect person, but you guys get what I'm saying. So, some of those things may throw themselves in there, right? But really, they're very little, few and far between. And why this is important is because this is going to allow us to really target the emotional piece. So, of course, we can do this along the way, and we want to do it along the way, right? But I've most of you guys that are in this space, you've already done a lot of that other work physically and mentally, and so you're really trying to get through this last piece of the puzzle. So, once we determine that, we really need to set up a toolkit. And this toolkit isn't just around food, exercise, and body image. This is also going to be around the binge itself. So I'm not trying to say that the two things I'm about to compare are the same thing. And it's very important that you know that. But I do think that this can be a helpful way to think about it for those of you that may feel stuck in this cycle. I want you to think about a binge similarly to a panic attack or to a session where you're dissociating. So this is where you're having, in a way, your nervous system, your body, it's kind of freaking out. It has been so overloaded with emotions and with inputs and stress that it doesn't know how to work through it without falling back onto this same coping mechanism. And there could be that habituation aspect to it, right? So it could be that you're just so now caught in that habit of every single night, the way that you work through your emotions is through eating. And because of that, your body's so used to it that you just continue to go through that cycle, right? But also it could be that this is a coping mechanism that you've used to work through a triggering event. So you notice, and maybe you have to find out, and that can be work with a therapist that is done, but also a dietitian can help to connect those dots of what we do when we figure out what this is. It could be that every time you encounter this triggering scenario or emotion, that then you end up using this. So we, of course, need to make sure we have this toolkit of, okay, this is how I'm going to make sure I'm eating enough during the day. This is how I'm going to make sure I'm not physically restricting. This is how I'm going to make sure that I'm not over-exercising, that I'm not triggering myself with my body, you know, all of that type of stuff. Avoiding food, exercise, body image triggers, setting boundaries, all of that kind of 
area of things. But then we also need to have a plan for when you are going into the binge, when you can feel it coming on. Because almost anybody in this category, at a certain point, you start to be able to understand how you can figure out that this is about to start. And that's why I want you to compare it to when you're dissociating or when you're having a panic attack. Panic attack may be something that's more relatable um, or understandable or just where you're having a breakdown overall. And so once you start to sense that either, number one, that triggering event has happened, or number two, you can start to feel that desire, right? That habitual nation is trying to pull you into it. We have to kick into gear with our toolkit. So first we need to remove ourselves from the situation. Now I know sometimes that's really hard to do and we can't always do it, but if we can, how can we remove ourselves? Number two, and maybe even number two goes before number one, depending on what works best for you, automatically getting support if at all possible. Can you text your friend that always talks you through this? Can you call someone? What can we do to get you out of this space? Is your thing that you need to put on noise-canceling headphones that have calming music? Is your thing that you need to go and sit and watch a calming music video? What is it that gets you out of the situation and gets you support, whether it be from someone else or from yourself, to start to self-regulate those emotions or to regulate them? It doesn't always have to be self-regulating. I should definitely correct that. Now, once you get to this place where you've removed yourself, you've got support, hopefully some barriers set up to help to remove yourself from the situation, we need to maybe engage in some other ways of coping through this. So I know that different things resonate with different people. Breathing can be something that's very helpful if you find yourself being someone that can resonate with that when you're having a hard day, when you're feeling like you're breaking down, maybe having a panic attack. Breathing is also something that could work for you in these situations. Now, some other studies that we have out there have shown a lot of promising research about exposing yourself to cold. So this could be taking a cold shower. This could be putting an ice pack on your chest. This could be um, putting your face into a bowl of water. I know that's a little weird, but anything that can kind of get you and exposed to that cold. And then from there, it's just doing what you can to really calm down that emotional state that you're dealing with and change that cycle. So by not reacting to it, by not binging, you are not only changing that habituation, whether it be the day-to-day habituation of I deal with my emotions like this, it's also changing the response to a trigger if that's something that you deal with. Now, Of course, there are things we do earlier in the day as well to help with this. So the third thing that I would say is that we need to figure out the deeper challenge, which is why I always suggest working with a therapist in what is actually causing this. Is it more habituated and a way to deal with emotions? Is it more triggering? And then we need to figure out how we start to work through that. So let's say it's a triggering event and this is the coping mechanism. A lot of the times it's because we haven't fully worked through that triggering event. So how can we start to work through that? Can we do some EMDR therapy? Is talk therapy enough for you? What is it that's going to help you to work through that? event in the connection in the way that you're coping with it. If it's more habitual and it's more coming down to the way that you're dealing with emotions in the day-to-day, many of the clients that I see are in this cycle because they push their emotions to the side the entire day and they don't check in with themselves. They get to the end of the day and then they release and the release that they need in order to create that kind of way to work through their emotions is the food. So 
trying to be mindful of what it is for you. And of course, I'm not saying those two scenarios are the only ones. It's just the things that I see the most frequently. It could be a combination of both as well. And so once you can pinpoint that, definitely working with that therapist and then connecting the dots with your dietitian to make the full picture so that you can start to get out of this over time. And give yourself time with this, guys. That's the last thing. This is an ingrained pattern. It's a coping mechanism. It can be tied to a triggering event. It's really, really hard. And I have worked with many clients, honestly, not as many as those recovering with restrictions. This is is much more rare. I would say the percentage is quite low, but it can be tough. And you have to give yourself grace on this journey. You have to be just loving and caring towards yourself and change the way that maybe you're talking to yourself too, because it's not always easy. Um, But getting that support is helpful. To give you a quick example of a client that fit under this, I had a client and she came to me with orthorexia and some past anorexia. It was restrictive orthorexia. And she was also working with a therapist as well. And we got through the physical restriction first, then went to the mental restriction. Of course, at the same time, we're, we're working through all of them simultaneously, right? But we're, we're hitting the most important ones as we go through each. And we finally got through all this stuff. You know, she was eating everything she wanted. She was eating as much as she needed. She was nourishing her body. She took full break from exercise, like for many months so that that wasn't involved in the conversation. She had bought in the new clothes. She had accepted that her body was going to change. You know, she was in such a good place and yet she was still stuck in this binging cycle. And it just was happening over and over again. And what we figured out through exploration between her therapist and me is that a lot of it was tied to COVID. And during COVID, she would sit on her computer all day, right? And do these online classes and feel such a heightened sense of stress, but the schedule was like really close together. There weren't many breaks. And so she didn't feel like she had any point in the day where she was really allowing herself to feel her emotions, check in with herself, And she was just really struggling mentally. She was having really extreme problems with the eating disorder. So she was also restricting herself really intensely during that piece of the day. Then she would get off of the call and get off of, you know, the, I should say, and stop restricting herself so much. And what she would do is she would go and finally allow herself to eat these things. So what started is where she was kind of just like letting herself have stuff that she wouldn't typically during the earlier part of the day, you know, allow herself to have the dessert and this cereal that she really liked, but it became something that was habitual. And then it became the way that she coped with those emotions that led to this binging that we're talking about now. So it took time of working through that, through all the things that I was mentioning. I love how I said this was going to be short. And then I get overly passionate and I just can't stop myself. So I'm very sorry. This, I seriously thought this was going to be 20 minutes. Okay. So let's go into overeating. This is super quick. If you find yourself doing over, like find yourself overeating really often, probably one of the other categories. So you're probably recovering from restriction or binging or you're having something off with your mindset around food. Of course, there's other things that contribute to overeating. It's not just these two things, but I would just be mindful that there's probably a bigger picture is what I should say. And it could be one of these two things. And then also just giving yourself grace when it just happens every now and again. You know, 
being able to move on, get into comfortable clothes if you're uncomfortable, unbutton your jeans, don't change anything about the rest of your day or the race days following it, don't go in and body check, you know, just allow yourself to recognize it happens, it's not a big deal, one meal doesn't change anything, and the next day can be different, you know, not changing it, but you won't have that same thing happen. Now, let's get into recovering from restriction. So this is actually more clear-cut than the binging one, and there's a a very, 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 I I cannot emphasize enough, important distinction between these two things. So I really want you to hear me out on the differences. So the similarities. I would ideally want you to evaluate where it's coming from with a therapist and a dietitian. So still, we need to work through the physical and mental stuff the most. So it would go physical to make sure you're medically stable, which if you're not medically stable, you may be working in a treatment facility, but you know, we still want to address that physical piece no matter what, even if you're not medically unstable, to make sure that you're getting enough nourishment in throughout the day. Then we're going to work more on the mental restriction, and then we're going to get into more of the kind of emotional piece that could be coming up from this. Granted, if you're working on the other two, you're also working on the emotional piece because working on the physical and mental is going to bring up the emotional challenges. And that's a little bit different than the binging that I was just talking about because a lot of the times these emotional or these coping mechanism type of reactions that we're having in the short term with recovery from restriction, they are showcased when we start to change our habits versus with binging, it doesn't matter how much we're changing the habits, the same thing keeps happening, you know? And by habits, I mean habits around, okay, I'm going to eat more meals or I'm going to eat this food that I don't typically, not habits in terms of like that habituation that I was talking about. So as you go through the recovering from restriction, the emotional piece should be changing. But if you feel like you're still at the end and there's some of those emotional pieces happening, it may kind of transpire in that order. Now, this is the important piece. Please listen to this. So of course, Setting up a toolkit is always important. We need ways to cope with things, but it's different for recovering from restriction than it is binging because you need to allow yourself to do the things that you're having the desire to do. You need to allow yourself to eat the food, (coughs) another cough, geez Louise, to eat the food, to eat the full amounts of food that you want, to eat at the times you want, to break the rules, to... I mean, anything that you want to do when you're recovering from restriction, you need to do. It doesn't matter how quote-unquote healthy you think the food is. It doesn't matter if you think the amount is too much. It doesn't matter if you buy a jar of peanut butter and you're eating what feels like a fourth of it. It doesn't matter if you make cookies or buy cookies and you feel like you eat half the container. You have to be able to do these things because what we're trying to do is we're trying to bring these foods off of a pedestal that you've put them on and we're trying to change these rules. This process is breaking the rules and restrictions that you've built up. That's the whole point is recovering from these. So in order to reverse the actions you've been taking over years and years or months and months, we have to do the opposite of it. And I know that this piece is scary. This is why I have a program that walks people through exactly how to do this. But 
it's necessary. And an analogy that I always use and talk about in my program is the injury analogy. Think of yourself as someone that has an injury. Let's say you tore your ACL, right? And your other teammates are out there practicing soccer. You're a soccer player. And you think to yourself, oh gosh, I wish I could be practicing, but I'm injured. So instead of practicing, because I know practicing would make me worse, I'm going to go to rehab. I'm going to rest. I'm going to do the things that I need to do to heal my injury so I can get back to that. That's the same thing as right in this situation with recovery. Yes, it may feel uncomfortable to not uphold your food rules. It may feel uncomfortable to eat half the container of cookies when you really only want to be able to eat a few of the cookies, like what feels more normal. But we are trying to reverse the action. We're trying to heal the injury. And so we have to engage in things like this. And I promise you that if you try to restrict yourself in these scenarios, your whole process will just take longer. There's no way to shortcut it. It just takes more and more time, and the more that you allow yourself to just do it, the easier it will be. Now, I have a whole episode on all in. I don't think you have to go all in, and that's the biggest thing that I would recommend is that if you're working with the proper practitioner, they're going to be able to guide you through this in a way that doesn't feel so overwhelming because that's typically what makes it so overwhelming that you don't want to keep going and you end up falling backwards, and that's not what we want either. So me saying you have to allow yourself to do all the things... Yes, but it depends on what you can handle in that moment, and we can't always take on everything at once. So that's why I always suggest how helpful it is to work with someone. So just remember that in this scenario, you're not removing yourself from the situation. You're not doing all of these things to try to not engage in it. You are engaging in it. And then the second half comes in with using coping tools to get through some of the emotions that may come up. Because most of the time what we're doing is we're unearthing emotions by engaging in this. We have been using food and rules to cope for a long time. And so this could bring up stress around your body image or your worth or guilt or shame. And so because of that, we need to feel prepared. So still, it's helpful to get support after you do this. You know, maybe breathing does help you. Maybe it's just watching a show that distracts you. Maybe it's just doing an activity that you really love, right? It's not engaging in things that change food, exercise, or body image. That's our biggest thing here. Um, so the next thing is, Remembering that we're allowing your body to readjust to getting enough food, and that is why it's reacting in this way. So we talk about this again in the extreme hunger episode, but if you were to go underwater for minutes and then come back up, how would you breathe? You would take a freaking deep breath, right? So it's going to look very different than if you were underwater for a second and then came back up. You can't expect yourself to react the same way when you took a second underwater versus three minutes. And so that's what you need to remember when you're trying to recover from restrictions because you were holding your breath for three minutes. So you're going to be taking a deep breath. You're going to be having more food than you're used to. You're going to be readjusting. You're going to be having different foods than you're used to. You're going to be learning how to cope differently. You are having and going through changes and it doesn't feel normal. We're going from one extreme in some ways to what feels like another extreme to balance out and find the middle ground. And the biggest thing that I see hold people back in all of these different areas, whether it be overeating, binge eating, 
or recovering from restrictions is the fear of weight gain. And so I just wanted to touch on that quickly, although this could be its own separate topic. And I would suggest listening to the body grief episode if you are really struggling with reframing weight gain and body changes. But just remember that the longer that you try to avoid these changes because of fear of weight gain, the longer they're going to persist. And oftentimes the reality of what happens is not as bad as what we've made it out to be in our mind. So if you just allow yourself to actually experience it, you know, all you got to do is just take little steps. It doesn't need to be a big step. You know, your body's not going to change overnight, even over weeks typically. So you're going to have time to mentally adjust to what you're dealing with. And I should say, what I'm discussing is more with the binge eating and changing the habits as well as recovering from restriction. Overeating, again, it's just that one-time thing, but I do feel like people even get stressed just about overeating once and how it's going to change their body. And I just think it's really important to remember that, you know, we need to have trust that our body will end up where it's meant to if we fully allow it to regulate. And that's what we're trying to do in all of these situations, whether it be emotional regulation, mental, physical regulation, or just being in tune with ourselves. We are trying to get back in touch with what we truly need and really heal fully from whatever it is that you are dealing with. So I'm super passionate about this topic, if you can't tell. And I told myself I was going to keep this short, too, because I was trying to save my voice. But whatever. I really hope this was helpful, though, because I just, I think that we have so much of the way that we treat these things not fully ironed out. And I also see a lot of practitioners and people taking missteps and trying to avoid the natural progression that needs to happen to a certain extent when recovering from restrictions. And I also see people missing the mark of just discounting binge eating or thinking it's only physical and mental when most of the time that true binge eating that I was discussing, it's really due to something emotional and we need to take it seriously. So I hope this was helpful. And if you have questions about it, let me know. If you enjoyed this conversation and you felt like, whoa, I am the one in that binging category or I'm the one in that recovering from restrictions category, live unrestricted, I definitely suggest you applying to. No questions asked, so it's going to be linked down below. And then if you feel like this type of thinking, this way of thinking and this way of treatment really resonates with you, then I would highly suggest looking at my Live Unrestricted Practitioner program, we talk about things in all different areas in a completely different way than what is just seen. And we give very practical approaches to how to get your clients through these challenges. So loved getting to chat with you guys today. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and I can't wait for some of the episodes coming soon. But as always, if you have a request, please feel free to hit the link in the show notes and submit one via my website. We see it automatically or shoot me a DM. And if you are feeling so inclined, leaving a rating or review would mean the world. 